Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you. I will not be riding solo tonight. Joining me for tonight, Evan DeBasquale. How you doing, man? I mean, you're hanging out like well after like when you should have been leaving, but you were like, I can stay a little bit longer. You can stay for an hour, right? That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love doing what I do. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to ask Zach if I could produce his show. Maybe we can get some callers, too. That'd be, that'd be good. I mean, I, I feel bad because I, I do run the show most nights alone. So, again, if you want to call in, the number is, of course, 716-803-0550. And the topic for tonight, we do have a bit of a loaded topic schedule for tonight. Of course, we have the Deshaun Watson suspension officially coming down. 11 games. His first game will be in early December against the Houston Texans because, you know, rating, ratings matter. And, of course, a lot of Bills news. Number one being Josh Allen and many of the starters will at least be playing some significant minutes or at least some serious playing time this Saturday against the Denver Broncos. And that's where we're going to start. There was a topic that I brought up if you want to jump in on that again. We did a little bit earlier on Chopin the Bulldog and that is what is the Bills' biggest weakness if you want to jump in on that. More than happy. But I do want to start with the preseason news because um, I... I'm okay that they're playing. I mean, Josh and a lot of the starters played last year in the preseason, week three against the Green Bay Packers. I was fine with it when it happened. I will tell you, I was at work when that was happening. I was not working here at the time. I was working at a car wash, and I couldn't have my phone with me. And I do remember the entire time, like, desperately, like, getting updates from, like, my bosses or somebody, like, just to make sure no one was hurt, how do they look, the whole thing, just because... The preseason to me, and especially as I've gotten older, I don't know about you, but for me as I've gotten older, it really has become like a means to an end. Like I just want it over with. I couldn't be happier that it's three games instead of four. Hate, I hate the week in between though, from the preseason to the NFL season. We now have like that week break where there's just no football. I think that's dumb. We're not going to talk about that until that week. I'm going to complain about that a lot. But for me, it's really just become a means to an end. I'm okay that there's just three games. But I will say, as much as I won't complain or really have a strong opinion against players starting, I definitely don't want them to. Yeah, I come on. I mean, that when I heard that he was going to be starting for, he better be only going for like at most a quarter. Like well, that's I, all right, I want. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Is like I don't imagine they'll go like a full half. I mean, Sean McDermott spoke with the media today, and even he kind of said like it's a lot of it is going to be feeling based and sort of 
you know, just how how the flow of the game is going. To be fair, in training camp, from a lot of the reports, is the defense has been winning a lot of days. They've seemingly have been the more impressive unit so far, at least the, the units that have been on the same page longer, which I'm not too surprised by that. The defense definitely has guys returning more than the offense, at least in terms of, you know, McDermott's whole run. It's a lot of the same guys. And it's training camp where defense can really do a lot better than the offense. The offense, a lot of time, is, is trying new things. But I will say, I, I, I don't want those guys out there for very long. McDermott also did say it's not going to be every single starter, so I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Stephon Diggs doesn't play. We know for a fact Tredavious White's not going to play. He's not off the pup list yet. Von Miller almost definitely is not going to play. I'd be stunned by that one. He just got back to practice this week, so that to me would be a little interesting. But I, I will tell you, after hearing that they were going to play, like that a lot of the starters were going to play, I do want to see Josh Allen with the young receivers like Khalil Shakir and especially Isaiah Hodgins because I think Shakir is going to get work with the first team offense once the season gets going. I don't know totally about Isaiah Hodgins unless there's like an injury. So I'd love to see what he can offer because what he offered with Barkley and, and a little bit of Keenum uh, last Saturday left me with like a ton of excitement for what he could do, especially with a guy who for two years to start his career, we just haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. And here's another reason why like, I guess you could be somewhat excited, like say, you you know, it's kids day. So again, being able to bring your kids out to see Josh play Joshy boo. So, um, but I, I definitely think that they should not play as much. I don't think they should have played at all. Like as soon as I heard about the Zach Wilson situation, I was just like, no, Josh Allen should not see the light of day on on the field. The Zach Wilson thing is interesting because I was actually doing the nightcap as that was happening and that night just it you know happenstance it was kind of like you know oh what do you want to see from like the preseason this year and like you know outside of the bills like what did I want to see because I'm 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 an NFL fan. I like pro football. So for me as much as I love the Bills like one of my favorite things that is going to be happening and the fact that we are opening the season on Thursday night football is I get to watch all the football I want on Sunday. I'll have the day off and I don't have to worry about the Bills. The Bills game will have already passed. I get to watch all of Sunday and all of Monday night. But as I'm talking about wanting to see can Zach Wilson improve, he goes down and gets hurt. And I, and it just immediately, it's sort of like that, that jolt of memory of, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like the preseason can be home to a lot of just season-ruining injuries. And I do get nervous about that. I will always get nervous it's just it is the way it is. I mean, you can't wrap these guys in bubble wrap. You can't lock them away in a, in a house and where they can't get hurt. It, I get it, and I and I know. And a lot of this is more just you're thinking the doomsday scenario, but doomsday scenarios do happen for a lot of teams. The Jets avoided it. Other teams may not. It does happen. But with that being said, you can also go back to the I want to say the 08 New England Patriots, where they're coming off their undefeated season. They look like they're going to run the table again. They look just as good. And Brady goes down in week one. So it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that you can get healthy throughout the entire preseason. You come in looking great, and it all ends week one. I'm not, you know, foolish enough to think that that's not the case as well. And of course, as, as, as Bills fans, we know you could also go through the whole season, and it's only at like near the end or the middle part that you have a huge injury. I think for me, the preseason has just become um, glorified practices, glorified scrimmage. I mean, they are scrimmages, but it's just... They want to feel like a normal game, and they just don't. 
And for me, I'd be okay if there was just one preseason game. I'd like practices to go longer. I was a fan of joint practices. I'm sort of becoming less on joint practices because of all the fights that are going on. That has become alarming, like how many fights are going on at joint practices. Evan, I don't know how you feel. For me, I'm okay with like one preseason game. I thought I was okay with a ton of joint practices, that has seemingly become like a dangerous thing with like all the fights that are going on. We just saw with New England and Carolina this past week. And it was with Christian McCaffrey too, which kind of scares me. Like if you're like a fantasy fantasy owner, you don't want to see Christian McCaffrey. I've been I've been burned by McCaffrey. <laughs> I've been burned by him and Saquon Barkley. I, I am very bitter towards most of the top end fantasy running backs. Yeah. I mean, that's it's really all that that Carolina has going for him right now, but I think that I think that there's less likely for injury with a joint practice rather than preseason games because preseason games you don't have like the red jersey on. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is, is as much as it's a scrimmage, it's there's still live bullets. I mean, these guys are tackling, they're hitting, and with me, joint practices and the idea I liked about them is that there's more control. I'm now realizing I may have been a little presumptuous about that but there seems to be more control that you know coaches dictate what's going to be happening that day they can do less hitting stuff more one-on-one stuff where it's just more coverage and you can lessen you know injuries I think also just practicing more I, I don't love the idea of where the hall of fame game is on the schedule just because there's no there's not enough practice time before these guys jump in and start playing a game. And I and, and I'm surprised there isn't more big injuries in the Hall of Fame game, but I will say, I mean, a lot of it is just truly like no one plays. The Jacksonville Jaguars played that game and they didn't even start Trevor Lawrence or Travis Etienne. They both played against Cleveland a week later. So I mean it's not like they don't you know, they're not gonna play him in the preseason. But I will say I was surprised a little bit that the Kansas City Chiefs played their starters excuse me, week one against the Chicago Bears, I would have said that they would have been a team like the Rams who basically do not play their starters in the preseason. The Rams under Sean McVay have not played them almost at all. We know for a fact Aaron Rodgers probably won't play a snap in the preseason for the Green Bay Packers. I would have assumed the Kansas City Chiefs would have been a lot like that, but they may be going through something too of, you know, they've lost Tyreek Hill. They are somewhat trying to break in a new offense. They've got a few young guys who are seemingly really breaking into the first team offense, namely Isaiah Pacheco, uh, the rookie running back that they got. The Bills are somewhat in that same spot where, you know, they're going to probably try to break in James Cook as a receiving back. I think I think Khalil Shakir is going to be that number three wide receiver that they go to a lot. Not obviously named the, uh, the slot wide receiver. I mean like the Gabe Davis role that we've seen the last two years where they kind of scheme him open. He's sort of a guy that when, you know, all else fails, you've got that guy to go to because Gabe Davis is very much taken on the John John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders role. He's now the number two receiver, of course. But I think now it it definitely makes the Denver game more watchable. Russell Wilson's not playing. Josh Johnson is going to be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. But it definitely makes it more watchable. I think where before you had that excitement for you know preseason week one to start but then like after like a series or two you're like okay i am done it's a bunch of backups and it's not due to injury where you're like all right this is this is my team now and it's sunday at one o'clock and this is who i've got to watch it's more based off of it's not the season yet not officially not technically but at least with denver like for maybe a quarter maybe a half we 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 genuinely don't know because all mcdermott said is they're going to play healthy minutes they're going to get healthy reps 
So we could get a quarter, we could get a half. Josh could play a series and they could just shut it down. We have no idea, which I think always adds in that little more of excitement just because there is that unknown factor of you know where it could be, how this could go. But I, I will say, I think the one thing I really want to see, number one, I do actually want to see James Cook get more work. We didn't see any of anything from him in the Indianapolis Colts game. He was the only rookie that really did not make a pop play or really stand out. And that was and that was kind of by design. The Bills really just never got him the ball. He was somebody that kind of just was there. He caught a pass, I want to say, for five yards and had a rush for like two yards. I'd love to see the starting offensive line. We know Spencer Brown's getting back. Mitch Morris has been back. Bates has been back. So, I mean, they're, they're really starting to get that offensive line healthy again, which is huge because if you remember correctly last year, Truthfully, that was when the Bills' offense really, really struggled, was when they were trying to find themselves on the offensive line. They were going through a ton of injuries. Ryan Bates, obviously, we really hadn't discovered how good he could be. He was really just the backup center. And that was, I mean, the Jacksonville game really was just an indictment on the the state of the offensive line at that point. Spencer Brown went from playing right tackle to having to play left tackle due to injuries and COVID and all that stuff. And it was just, it was a complete disaster. Where now they've really added guys like Roger Saffold, David Questenberry, and of course the you know the young guys like Tommy Doyle, even and I know his name could you know strike fear in a lot of people, but Bobby Hart at guard is is a much different player than Bobby Hart at tackle. And so I think even there, there's a little bit of intrigue in, in, into what he can be. Now I will say this: if the protection does not look up to snuff early with the starters in, I would pull key contributors, and that means you know Josh. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, those guys who, you know, if we're not going to get quality reps out here, there's no need to risk something. I know the statistics show that, you know, if a quarterback's on the run, they're less likely to get hurt. I still don't want to see Josh run too much, especially if the line is bad, because that, to me, just, it, it, and I know it's not statistically proven, but it's just, it's that feeling of it opens up the idea for, you know, something to go wrong. Um, but I, I, I I saw someone tweet this, and I can't remember who it was, but they just, you know, I'd like to see the starting offensive line play together, and I would probably agree with it. I don't know how many practice reps they're getting together, but I also think David Questenberry has kind of become potentially this team's starting right tackle almost just because Spencer Brown hasn't been on the field enough. So I'd like to see him start getting reps as well just to kind of get back to where he was because outside of Ryan Bates, he was instrumental to that offensive line coming around. And he is just going to be so important to making sure the offense. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Continues to plow forward as it should. 
that is a thing, you know, watching back last season and, and, and seeing where things, you know, maybe went wrong or, or, you know, why didn't they get the number one seed? A lot of it kind of became the offensive line play and a little bit of the falling off of Emmanuel Sanders. Like those were sort of the big things that sort of led to a falling off a bit. And now the offensive line, you have Spencer Brown, young guys like Tommy Doyle, you've added guys like Roger Saffold and David Questenberry. Hopefully there's much more depth here. I am all for, I'm not married to like any of the offensive linemen not named like Mitch Morris. I think center is important to have continuity there, and especially good continuity, and he has absolutely been that. Outside of that, whoever the best man is should play. Like That is how it is to me. Whoever the best man is needs to play. And if David Questenberry is the best right tackle you have, fine. Like, I'm more than okay with it. It's the same reason why I have at wide receiver. I know a lot of people, if Odell Beckham Jr. is added on this team, well, what does that do to Gabe Davis or Khalil Shakir or Isaiah Hodgins or James Cook or Isaiah McKenzie or really anyone not named Stephon Diggs because him and Josh Allen have a great chemistry. I can't imagine any wide receiver coming in would ruin that. To that, I kind of say I don't care if... Getting Odell Beckham Jr. or anybody, if if playing David Questenberry makes this team better than what they were last year and allows them to reach their to win their first Super Bowl, I'm all for it. I there's I take a little bit of the human element out when I say that, and I know I do, and I don't mean to, because I do want Gabe Davis to get his money. I don't want him to be somebody that's struggling and going from team to team to team trying to get his shot. I think he's got it here. But if ultimately the better weapon winds up being somebody like, an, like a healthy Odell Beckham Jr., then I'm all for it. And I say that in the same light with linebackers and defensive tackles and you know tight ends and, and whoever it is. Whoever the best man is should play. We're seeing it a lot in cornerback right now. Dane Jackson did not play at all last week because he's seemingly going to be a starter on this team. He is going to be CB2 with Tredavious White healthy, if Tredavious White was healthy right now. They drafted Kyrie Elam in the first round, so logically he should probably be the starter. Yet him and Christian Benford have been going back and forth. Benford has seemingly been a far more talented player than a seventh-round pick. I'm okay with that, whoever the best guy is. Because I'll ultimately... Number one, I'm not reading anything from camp that's telling me, oh, Elam and Benford are both bad, but Benford just seems to be, you know, just slightly better than him. No. And from what we saw on Saturday, they're both playing really well. But whoever the best man is, that's who I want to play. The season has so much riding on it. Because while, you know, 2020, there were expectations, but nothing to the, to the level of thinking Josh Allen would break out to an MVP candidate. They would go 13-3 and three or anything like that. And even then, the next year, you got blown out in the AFC Championship game. You needed to prove that you could actually even hang with Kansas City, let alone beat them, because the two matchups they had in 2020 did not put a lot of confidence into Bills fans thinking, oh, you can hang with this team. I, I remember a lot of conversations on this station and you know, with, with the national media was essentially the Bills just may be the second-best team. Like They just may have to hope to get their one where Kansas City gets like their three or four. It's different now. There's a different feeling. They, they they blew out Kansas City in the regular season, and they really, really should have beat them in the playoffs. So ultimately with this season, for me, as much as I love guys like Jermaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Dane Jackson, and, and, I, and I love all the draft picks, especially, as many of you know, Khalil Shakir, if there is someone better, get them, play them, whatever it is. 
You need to go win a Super Bowl. You need to rip that first Band-Aid off. To me, that's the most important one, is the first one, especially in the modern era. Philadelphia has not handled winning their first first Super Bowl, to me, well at all. Their team was old when they won, but even then, it, it just seemed like they almost worshipped that one too much. They didn't know what to do to get the next one. They, they are almost too drastic in finding a new quarterback, and it really has kind of collapsed in on themselves. The New Orleans Saints, while they never won another one in the Drew Brees era, most of us now consider the Saints a respectable organization. I talked about it yesterday. I think the Saints, if Jameis Winston can stay healthy, with with the re-addition of Michael Thomas and bringing in guys like Chris Olave, they could be devastating this year in a very wide-open NFC. But they've become a respectable organization post their one Super Bowl where for most of my lifetime before that and for most of anybody listening's lifetime, they were a joke of an organization. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not handle 2002 well afterwards. They had their one shot, and that was kind of it. The Baltimore Ravens handled their one 2000 beautifully. They they are literally one of the most respected organizations in football. They have another Super Bowl as well, and they continue to be one of the most one of the best well-run organizations in all of football. The Bills, to me can't fall on their laurels the laurels of well we drafted this guy we love this guy or well we've had this guy for two years like we really love him no 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 play the best guys so ultimately I guess my point is here is if playing the starters in preseason will show you who the best guys are to play that opening Thursday night game against the Rams then I am all for it I don't I don't care if me as a huge Khalil Shakir fan if he's not a starter because they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. because they think he'll be a better third receiver opposite Diggs and, and Davis, that's fine. I'll deal with it. I'll get over it because I want them to win a championship. I want to have that first Buffalo championship in the modern era where it's a Super Bowl, it's a Stanley Cup. I want that Band-Aid ripped off. I just I want it dealt with. I think that I've, I've, I've almost gotten to that point too. And let me know if you've gotten to that point, too, either on Twitter or you can call in. If we've gotten to a point where you're almost worried you won't celebrate. Like, it'll just feel like a, oh, thank God that's over. Like, thankfully, the one is done. Evan, am I being aggressive when I say that? That, like, I, I'll, I'll celebrate. I will celebrate. I want to I point that out. But I'm, like, almost worried I won't fully because I'll just be, like, thankful it's over with. I, I kind of I get where you're coming from. Like, for me... I won't say that this is this is right now the number one sports moment of my lifetime, and that was when the Toronto Raptors won the NBA Finals in back in 2019 because that was my team and I kept getting a lot of uh you know uh, well I mean LeBron owned the Raptors the LeBron owned the Raptors and people it's a, it's were painful ga- people were giving me crap for uh being a fan of a Canadian team like. And that really annoyed me. That's fair. Yeah, and, okay. I can understand where that would hurt. And when they finally won that, that was like the craziest moment. I, I I actually, I remember where I was. I was at home. So here's, long story short, I was working at uh, Ted's at the time. And I had to close that night, the night they won it. So I turned off my phone, everything, recorded the game. Watched it from start to finish as if I was watching it live. Was celebra- was like quietly celebrating, not trying to wake up my mom mm-hmm. and my brother. I was quietly, quietly celebrating at like 3 in the morning. I respect that you could. Now, did you know the result before you had watched it later? No. 
Oh, I, you, oh, you so, didn't. So oh, it was wow. basically like I was watching it, it was live. On tape delay. It, it was, was yeah. it was taped, wow. but I didn't know what happened. I was gonna say, I number one, I couldn't do that. I have all my notifications on. I'm, but I'm somebody even with TV shows or movies, I'm okay to be spoiled. Like but I, it doesn't ruin the moment he, for me. Here's the thing, like, that I, might though. I, I would have to be somebody where I, I go, you know, zero dark thirty. No one let me know anything. Like I'm gonna drive home in silence, and I'm, I'm not gonna look at it. I'm just gonna put the game on and see what happens. Yeah. I, I would have to, because if I didn't, like, I, I, no, I, there's definitely no way I could watch a game on tape delay. There's no way. I, that, Luckily, my yeah. brothers were asleep. Uh, there wasn't one time during that finals run where I think they were playing Milwaukee. I wanted It was game two. It was the one where they got blown out by the Bucks, mm-hmm. And I was, like, wanting to watch the game. And my brother goes, I don't know if you want to watch it, bro. And I was like, come on. <laughs> That's a good way to spoil it. It's like, I'm not going to outright say it, but I'm also definitely going to spoil to you that your, your team lost. That's and always lo- a good way to And do they it. lost badly, too. I was still kind of annoyed. Like, I remember, um, again, this is come going back to spoiling. My my brother, uh, it was like game one when the Raptors got the one seed before mm-hmm. they traded for Kawhi. It was like the season prior. They were going up against the Wizards, and I... Recorded the game. I tried to do what I did with game game six of the NBA Finals, and then when I got home, my brother tells me, "Hey, just hey, just want to let you know the Raptors won." <laughs> well, I, I, like, Before I turned the, the TV on, that's problem. I'm probably more like your brother. We're like, I'm just going to spoil it. Like here it is. It, it is what it happened. Remind and, me yeah. never to be around you. If, oh like... <laughs> no, especially not in a sporting event. I will spoil whatever happens. I'm better with like TV shows and movies, but sporting events. Oh I'm yeah. Like, Absolutely not. Like it's, I get, it's definitely I get tough. score updates like on my phone. Like it's. Tough I just for me turned to off it. my phone. Oh, see, that's like, not happening. I, yeah, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> but I don't know. I I that's I I am a little worried though because I I've heard a lot. I I now of course work with Shilton the Bulldog, so I've heard it from Bulldog and, and callers too of like the whole make sure to enjoy this season, make sure to enjoy the ride that this that this could be. That's because a be lot of so people, hard though it is, and because a lot of people bring up the 06, 07 Sabers of they came in with those expectations, and after you know the ten to twelve game win streak to open the season, it basically became cup or bust. And I'm worried that we've spent this entire off season as you're the Super Bowl favorites. We spent for you know half the off season of you guys are definitely going to open up the season with you know the Rams, and you you may even be like favored, and then it happened, and now they're two and a half point favorites. Like I, I there's a there's a part of me that is worried that. I won't enjoy it because I, number one, Evan. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a horribly competitive person. I oh, am. so so am I. I. I was in athletics in both high school and college, and in part, even I didn't enjoy my own success I had because I was horribly competitive. I wanted to get better, and I'm worried that I, my favorite seasons have been like 2019 and 2020, where like there was a fight to get in, and and and, and then 2020 was just a surprise of. Oh my gosh! Like Josh Allen went from a guy who couldn't couldn't throw 300 yards in a football game to he's throwing 450 and he's throwing four touchdown passes. Like it was just, it was like a comet just like hit Buffalo, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like this is amazing. Where 2021, a perfect example. Like after the Pittsburgh game, because I went into that game with this full belief of I can't imagine the Bills lose this. Fans are back. There's expectations. Same here. Like yeah. that first kickoff, the opening kickoff, Zay McKenzie gets it out to like the yeah. yep. the Pittsburgh forty third or thirty yard line, and the place is going berserk. So like I like that was the thing is like and but to be fair, I never reached those highs of moments before kickoff 
of week one. I never reached those highs again because I was kicked so hard in the teeth with them losing. And it was somewhat of a fluky game. You have a blocked punt, the whole thing. But they ultimately didn't play well. Like So I, I, I can't blame it all on that. And, of course, you have the Jacksonville loss, Tennessee, Tampa in overtime. I loved the Kansas City regular season game. But to be honest, I ended that game, and my immediate thought was, you got to do it, though, when it counts. I know. Exactly. Like, I, I was stoked for, like, 20 minutes because I was like, we, we can do it. We, we know we can beat them. We can beat them at Arrowhead. We can beat them when the weather conditions aren't great because there was a rain delay, which I'm finding out people forget that like, there was, like, a half hour to 45-minute delay. It was what I remember from that was just – Constantly seeing the recap on the halftime show yeah. of the Dallas game, and yes. I was like, "I don't want to hear about the Dallas Cowboys." Got, I hear them. I hear them enough on ESPN how much Stephen A. makes fun of them, which mm-hmm. is honestly hilarious. That was a good and time. then he, and, and him going at it with Michael Irvin is always great. But like, uh, but I I, I I guess it's where I'm at. Like I mean, and that's where I, I get nervous with the preseason and and stuff like that. Like I'll always be nervous about the preseason, but I think I am more now this year just because I I I truly believe this is the year that they can rip the bandit off. They can get the first one done. There is that feel to this team. It is a very very good team. They have a it, to me a future Hall of Fame Hall of Famer at quarterback. Like there's everything feels like it should happen. So part of me is almost going to be every week worried to like I gotta remind myself dude you love football like enjoy enjoy what you're watching rather than meticulously picking apart things and hoping that they just blow out everybody by 25 so that by like the fourth quarter I can like de-stress and relax so I'm 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 hoping I get to that point but of course I just I can't wait for that Thursday night football game but honestly now with the starters playing as nervous as I'll be leading up to it I'm just excited to see Josh Allen play football again Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see Davis and Diggs out there even if they don't play I just I like football. I love this team. I can't wait to see them play. We are going to take a quick time out when we get back. We'll get to your phone calls, and we'll talk about what potentially could be the thing that derails this Bills team. What is your biggest fear with this Bills team? What do you think their biggest weakness is? Is it coaching? Is it the secondary? Is it Tredavious White's injury solo? Is it the entire AFC? We'll talk about that when we get back here on the Nightcap on WGR. I like that. It's 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 the trumpets. That's what it is. Edwin Diaz has the trumpets. That's 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 what makes great walkout music. It's the trumpets. But do you know why I played it? No. I know I know the beat. I can't decipher it. It's uh Pablo Sanchez. Oh, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. And it is his birthday today. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Happy August eighteenth. Happy birthday. I'm not an August birthday. I'm an April birthday. I deal with rain. I am a November birthday. I deal with wind and cold. You have a good holiday, though. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is usually good food. You have a very, very good holiday. But it's early November. Oh, no. You're you're dealing with the after effects of, like, Halloween, which is... Yeah, it's like, it's the after effects of Halloween and the start of, um, and the start of, like, Christmas. I say, I always will, like, this will be my rule when I get a house. No Christmas decorations go up till after my birthday. 
See, and just to be an agent of chaos, Christmas decorations, September 1st. Just to be an agent of chaos. Why? Ew. To me. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Zach Jones along with you, joined by Evan DeBasquale. We were talking a little bit about the Bills playing, uh, or head coach Sean McDermott announcing that Bill Stars will be playing this Saturday against the Denver Broncos, at least for a little bit of the game. We don't know officially how long that'll be. We also have a bit of a topic going on of what do you think the Bills' biggest weakness is? This initially started on Ship with the Bulldog. We got some really good feedback there. I wanted to continue it in to the nightcap here. And we are going to get to the phones where John from Batavia is going to join us real quick. John, welcome to the show. What do you got for me, man? Hey, thanks for having the show. Um, before, before, before I get to my answer, I want to ask you a question. I want to um, answer what you said asked earlier. Would you not celebrate the Bills' first championship? I'm going to say no. I would I would. If the Bills won the Super Bowl, I would be, be at the airport, or request off of work that week, be at the airport um, to celebrate and be as a parade. So I'm going to say no to that. But anyhow, it's about, about the weaknesses. I was looking up and down this roster, and there's really not many weaknesses. Maybe third wide receivers, but but um, this summer, Brandon Bean showed why he is one of the best general managers in football. He really plugged all the holes by improving the offensive line, by getting Von Miller. I really feel like if the Bills don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's either because they're injured to hell and back or um, or the coaching makes a bad decision, like 13 seconds, or like what Seattle or Atlanta did against New England for a couple of years ago. I feel like injuries and coaching are my two biggest worries when it comes to winning the Super Bowl. So, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. John, thanks for calling in, man. And that's us getting connected to our fans, brought to you by the law firm of Galbert and O'Connell. I think, I mean, that was the one, especially during Show Open the Bulldog, me and Bulldog uh, put that up to Twitter just to see what everyone would say. And it was like 50% of people, really, it it's not necessarily anything from the roster. If you saw on the roster, uh, one I saw that I really liked that I just I never thought of was, you know, can McKenzie and Davis, being Gabe Davis, um, carry the load? I mean, of course, this is going to be the most, you know, kind of baggage they get going into a season. But coaching has been that sort of it, – it's lingering. 13 seconds will linger, I, I think, for a long time. I think even if the Bills win the Super Bowl, I do genuinely think it'll be there for a long time. <sighs> I know, It won't be painful. It, it won't be painful, but it'll always be something where people will slightly remember it. And they'll be like, there should be one more. Cause I, I think that's the thing, too. Cincinnati beating Kansas City made it worse. I think significantly made it worse. Just well, because I don't. I think. I think if Kansas City won, I think it would have been worse because see, I, I, because I, we would have said you should not be in this. The Bills should be playing. See, but I confined myself to Kansas City's going to win this game. Like, and I and I dealt with it. I was fine. And at that point, truthfully, I decided that like you know. I just I just need Josh to get one. I don't think he'll catch up to Patrick Mahomes in terms of Super Bowls or whatever. And and to be honest, I'm okay with that. Like I I think Josh he can finish. Sorry, I mm-hmm. I think he can finish with two, maybe three. I I think it's probably about right. Yeah, I think it's about right. I think but Kansas I don't City's think still there. If we're gonna, comp- I I don't want to say that he is Peyton Manning to Mahomes, Tom Brady, but that's what it felt like going into last year. Absolutely, yeah. But now it has very much become like it feels more like a. I don't think either are Tom Brady. It does feel like more like a Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. where I think we also could be sitting here going both. I think deserve more than they may end up with. I think that could be a conversation we have because, I, truthfully, Kansas City fans probably have the same conversation, not not as you know painfully, but wonder how did how did we lose that game to Cincinnati? 
they were a wagon in that first half. They looked unstoppable, and it looked exactly as we all most thought that the Cincinnati game would go in the AFC Championship game, where they show up to Arrowhead, we're really proud of the Bengals for getting there, and they're like run off the field. And that's how it felt, and then the second half happened. And really it started going into halftime where they just seemingly didn't know what to do. It seemed like Patrick Mahomes was confused, and they don't score any points there. And it sort of gave a jolt to the Bengals. For me, that was more painful because it felt like I don't know if that would have happened to Buffalo at home because, again, this is to me, Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs had been back two years prior. To a certain extent, they were due for a letdown. Like, it, just, it, it felt natural that, okay, you, you've hosted four straight you know, AFC championship games. You're due to lose another one. Because they lost to New England in Mahomes' first year starting, second year in the NFL. But they were due to lose one. Patrick Mahomes was due to have a few failures in the playoffs. Because ultimately, the Super Bowl that they lost to Tampa Bay, I can't really put on him. Because his offensive line was just decimated due to injuries. Where that one, that AFC Championship game, you really could put it on Mahomes. He looked terrible in that second half. The Bills, because there was that feeling of, no, this is our time. We're going after it. Because ultimately, you looked over at the NFC Championship game and you saw the Rams and the 49ers. And I'm tell- Evan, I'm telling you, if the 49ers would have won that game, I would have put my life savings on the Bills winning. Because I, th- there, was, there was nowhere in my mind that Jimmy Garoppolo well, here's could, the thing. Be, if, could beat Allen. If, if, the, uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo was, well, if it was Bills-Niners... Well, first off, then uh, Chris Berman would have been ecstatic because you know all the years that he would have picked the Bills in the. Uh, to be fair, I, I actually I picked that for this year, by the way. Oh, I know you did. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got I've got Trey Lance being a star this year, but I think that was my thing is like it, watching the Bengals start to do that. At first, I was like, oh, like good for them, like that's awesome. But then it was like, oh, but a young quarterback before Allen gets to a Super Bowl and Joe Burrow, and then I was like all against the like the Bengals. Like I was quietly like adamant like no the Rams need to win I cannot have another young quarterback have their breakout year and go and that was the thing too Burrow and I love Joe Burrow he was not lights out in the playoffs it that defense was awesome in that playoff run so that happened and it was just it, the Bengals to me just made it feel so much worse because it was like no the I, it, and again I could be completely talking out of my rear end here but it just to me, I, I didn't see the Bills losing that game in Buffalo. Even when I saw Cincinnati win in Kansas City, I did not see them doing the same in Buffalo. I just the crowd would have been I, I not more engaged. I'm not, you know, taking shots at Kansas City's fans, but with the idea that they're hosting the AFC championship game. They've slayed the demons in both New England and Kansas City in consecutive games. It just it felt like if they played that game, the Bengals it would have been much more of a thanks for showing up. We're done here. Yeah, Burrow went twenty three of thirty eight, two fifty two touchdowns in a pick, and that was the that was just the AFC Championship game, right? Mm-hmm. I think even up to that point, I mean, uh, Tennessee they didn't really do much against. Yeah, I think that was Burrow a, got sacked nine times. Yeah, they didn't do really much, but ultimately, I, I left that game way more afraid of Burrow than I went in. I, and I was always scared of Burrow, but the fact that they won that game with him being sacked nine times, I was like, oh, okay. Either Tennessee, which I think 50% true on both, uh, is bad, or you know Joe Burrow really is that dude. And to be fair, I put him up there with the you know Allens, Mahomes, Herberts, Jacksons, and then Burrow was right there for me. I think all five of them 
could really, really be the faces of the NFL for the next 10, 15 years. I think he is spectacular. But I just... And can you imagine if Lamar Jackson decides to not re-sign with Baltimore? Can I give you a hot take on that? Now, now you've said that? And I, I, I'm wouldn't. just saying, and then Burrow is basically the king of the... Of the North, yeah. Of the North, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if I'm Lamar, I, I won't sign back there. I, w- I wouldn't do it. They keep they keep employing Greg Roman. I would honestly go to career. like I would try and go to some Any, NFC anywhere East. in the NFC. Yeah, anywhere in the NFC, and maybe even Tampa, New if... York. I go to the Giants. Oh, I, I saw what Dable did with Allen, who's my you know compatriot and you know my fellow draft mate in 2018. Like I'm going there. <laughs> I think now now that you brought up Lamar, I'll, I'll jump on that real quick. I look. I brought up that I think the Ravens are one of the most well-respected organizations in football. But since they've lost Ozzie Newsome as as general manager, and he is a Hall of Fame GM, what, what he did from the founding of the Ravens to his retirement, which was his last pick was Lamar Jackson in 2018, they, they have not been able to be the same team. They don't draft the exact same. Everyone thought they were getting the, the same stuff. You know, this is a Ravens draft when they got like guys like Patrick Queen, but he has been somewhat of a disappointment over there. And even now, with the consistent employment of, you know, guys that just aren't doing it for them. I I don't understand why they continue to beat down Lamar Jackson in terms of, yeah, we don't actually need you to pass because, like, your best asset is running. I do think it is his best asset in terms of, you know, how dangerous he can be. Like Allen's, Allen and Mahomes is their arm. But he can still throw the but ball. But he can throw the ball. And Greg Roman, throughout his entire NFL career as, a, as a, an offensive coordinator, has had one truly spectacular year where they are untouchable, the offense looks great, and the run offense is unbelievable. It is better than Kyle Shanahan's at his peak. And then it falters horribly in the playoffs because it is very gimmicky. It is very... Um, stagnant in what it is it does not very it it does not very easily move around there is not a ton of leverage there to really work around the opponents you have and when they get into playoffs we've know we've seen with the with the ravens when they get into the playoffs and they face talented teams with athletic linebackers or athletic defensive lines they run into a ton of trouble lamar jackson has never had a good game against the against the buffalo bills he's playing two I was going to say, for a second I thought they only played him one, and then I was like, oh, right, the playoff game. Well, the play, yeah, the playoff game, and then, and then in uh, 2019. 2019, he played okay. He played okay in an MVP year where he looked, at times, unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I, and, he just had, and he just looked okay. I think that, yeah, if you're, I, I would say if you're Lamar, go somewhere. I, and it's unfortunate to, for I mean, you brought up who's playing receiver. They oh, shot yeah. Bateman. That's it. They had they had a I don't know if you want to consider Hollywood Brown to be a number one receiver, but they had someone that could like say the, the, like John, the connection between John Brown him and, in twenty nineteen yeah. twenty nineteen was the Bills number one mm-hmm. receiver in quotes. But you knew you but, needed to get better. Yes. But you did and that's why and that's why they went out and traded for Stephon Diggs, because after the the uh Houston game they were like, We need to get better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just when I look at Lamar, and I think especially now that you know he doesn't have an agent, I do think him and his mother, because she's helping him uh, handle this contract situation, I do think you have to look at your longevity 
of your career. The fact that he is seeing guys like Aaron Rodgers, even Matt Ryan, who's 37 and is now only on a second team, but I think a lot of people think he's got a few years left. And, of course, Tom Brady, that if he stays with Baltimore, his career longevity probably is not long because they want to keep rushing him so much. I equate Lamar to like a modern-day version of Randall Cunningham. Cunningham ran into a problem with the Philadelphia Eagles where he had his head coach being Buddy Ryan. And Buddy Ryan, for those that don't know, thought offense was like a waste of time. Like, just play defense, score 10 points, and we win the game. I mean, look, I mean, when he, think about when he went to Houston, when he tried to punch, when he punched the offensive coordinator. Absolutely. On the field. Buddy Ryan was a character. Like I like as much as I'm I'm gonna like trash Buddy say, was Ryan he more here, of a, is are were his sons more characters? No, than Buddy him? Ryan was a crazy person. Oh, I know. Like Rex was funny. Buddy was like a crazy person. But as much as I'm gonna I'm trash Buddy Ryan here. I mean, like he was maybe the greatest defensive coach of all time. I mean, he didn't have the greatest defense. He was the. I mean, the '85 and '86 or '85 and '86 Bears are two of the best defenses ever. His his defenses in the '90s with the Eagles. Well, he was actually in '85 was when he got a head coaching job because. Oh yeah, yeah. Eight, because so eight, they '85 is because their last they year, care. I they I remember because I watched too much stuff about um, previous. Mm-hmm. I like to watch stuff in the past. Yeah, previous seasons and teams and all that. Oh, and yeah. in it was like America's game. Mm-hmm. The story of the oh, yeah, Bears. They, they found out, like, what, in the playoffs that they knew he was going to be yeah, leaving. Yeah, like, I think it was, like, the night before the Super Bowl they found out that he was oh, taking the yeah. job. And so they carried, not only with Ditka, they carried Buddy Ryan, Ryan yeah. off the field. But Ryan's biggest problem in Philadelphia, he had maybe the most, up to that point, the most talented quarterback to ever come into the NFL. I mean, they called him him. Plastic Man. Yeah, I mean, he, he, like, watch some of his old highlights if you have any time tonight. Like, Randall Cunningham was different in the 90s. One of his best plays was against the Bills. Oh, yeah, where, you know, he breaks a... Bruce Smith Gets, yeah, and breaks out of a yards. Bruce Smith safety and throws like a 95-yard touchdown. But because Buddy Ryan ignored offense, Randall Cunningham doesn't develop. And it's 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 a constant what if, like what could have happened. And I'm worried that the Baltimore Ravens almost getting locked into, well, we're good enough, are doing the same thing with Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson. Roman is not developing as an offensive coordinator. He's not developing a better offense. And the team around him in, in – the Baltimore Ravens around Lamar Jackson are not developing a better team around him in an era where you need to throw the football. They are almost ignoring the wide receiver position. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I would seriously consider re-signing with them because if he gets to the open market, he is going to be one of the most sought after free agents of all time. He'll break the market. Oh, absolutely. But in terms of being sought after, Peyton Manning might beat him, but it's in a more modern era with higher contracts. Lamar, and he'll be younger with not a huge injury history like Peyton had coming out of his uh, free agency class. He is going to be the most sought-after free agent ever, and I think he really, really should look at that. We are going to take a quick timeout, and we come back, talk a little bit about the Yankees. They had a walk-off win last night, and the Mets had a super, super fun thing happen to them yesterday. We'll talk about that when we get back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Running super duper late. I want to thank Evan DiBasquale for coming in la- very last minute. I mean, you kind of offered like yesterday to come in and produce, so thank you so much for that. Quick reminder, we do have a preseason game tonight coming up in like five minutes. Well, it depends on when, you know, when they actually start. But, of course, the Chicago Bears versus the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith likely to get the start for the Seahawks. Drew Locke down with COVID-19. I think Justin Fields is supposed to still start 
for the Chicago Bears. That'll do it for the nightcap here on WGR. I will be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock with Bulldog, and we will have a number of guests on tomorrow, including, of course, Sal Capaccio, as we head into preseason game number two. Thanks for listening to Nightcap here on WGR. Have a great night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.